family, it's your sister Jocelyn here, and welcome to this special episode of Faith on the Journey. This episode is just for my podcast listeners, as I like to record some special episodes just for you, just to show my appreciation. And this episode in particular is just a recap, a reflection about the last year that we've had. For some of us, we've had a wonderful year with great breakthroughs, uh, great opportunities and doors opening up for us. And for others, this year has been tremendously difficult. And what I appreciate about the close of a year and the beginning of a new year is that it's often a collective time of reflection for many of us. Now, for me, there has been a lot that has taken place over this last year. Professionally speaking, I've had some wonderful opportunities open up for me, speaking engagements, partnerships. My new book, Sister Start Your Ministry, was released this year. And if you're a woman who desires to start your ministry, you need to grab a copy of this book, Shameless Plug. Um, Also, my podcast being ranked top 20 Christian podcast for emotional healing by Feedspot, which was such a blessing. And so lots of things have happened in 2020 for me. 2020, uh, 2020, Jocelyn, catch up to the times, 2023 uh, for me. But even with all the amazing things that I celebrate that's taken place this year, I've also experienced some losses, some losses of friendships and relationships. I've had disappointments. I've had projects in which I have put a lot of energy into only for me to be denied or told no. And, you know, when you think about how life is, It has the ebbs and flows. It has the ups and downs. It has those seasons in which you are asking, what in the world, God? And then you have those times of celebration. That's life. But what I appreciate so much about the close of a year, it's it's symbolic for many people regarding making room for reflection on everything and preparing to close a chapter in our life and then preparing to start a new chapter. Now, for me, I consider every day an opportunity to start a new chapter. We don't have to wait until a new year to do this. But since many of us are in that mode, I wanted to put together a podcast episode just for you where I would reflect on the top five things we need to say goodbye to in 2023. And With that, I also want to talk about five things we need to embrace going into 2024. And my first point of what I want to say goodbye to in 2023 is regrets. Now, some of us allow the past to continuously haunt us. And we're moving forward with a bunch of regrets. But regrets is really an action that is having us ruminate on a previous event in hopes of us being able to somehow change the past. But since that's not possible, we can find ourselves getting stuck in what happened in yesteryear. And when you think about that, it's as if we are continuously torturing ourselves, replaying that event over and over again, wishing for a different outcome. And like you, there have been moments in my life where I look back and I said, wow, If I had handled that differently, there might have been a better outcome. And let me be clear. I think it's a good thing to take time to reflect on your actions because that's how we learn. But we also know that hindsight is, you know, 2020. 
And it's easier to say afterwards what you should have done and what you could have did in a situation. But let's face it, when you're in it, sometimes it's not that easy. And the reality is, since we didn't, there's no sense in beating ourselves up over it. We can't change it, but we can learn from it. And we also have to recognize that this is where God's grace comes in because we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. We are going to fall short sometimes. And if we didn't get it right this time, this is where we say, okay, God, you covered me. I learned from it. And frankly, this is exactly why I need Jesus. I need your help. I need your grace. And we continue to move forward, but we don't get stuck looking behind us. So we are going to let go of regrets in 2023. Now, the next point that I want us to to leave in the past, number two, is negative thinking. And this is something that's sneaky, you know, because we confine ourselves in such a habitual habit of thinking negatively that we don't even recognize it. I was reading a book and am currently reading this great book called Change Your Brain Every Day by Daniel Daniel Amen. I love his last name. Isn't that so cool? Amen. But anyway, uh, his book talks about automatic negative thoughts. And he describes undisciplined negative thinking like a bad habit. And I actually want to read a little bit from his book because it's so helpful for me. So I'm going to grab this real quick. He said, the more you engage in negative thinking, the more easily the ants, is what he calls it, automatic negative thoughts, will attack and take over your mind. These bad thinking habits form through a process called long-term potentiation. Ooh, fancy word. When neurons fire together, they wire together and the negative thoughts become an ingrained part of your life. Ants hook up with and build upon each other. And often these ants attack you. And so he talks about how we get to this point where we are like on autopilot with our negative thoughts. And these are nine potential ants, as he calls it, that we need to be aware of and try to put in check. Hey family, I'm interrupting today's episode because I have some exciting news to share. I'm so excited. Drum roll, please. Okay, so my new book, Sister Start Your Ministry, is out and is available for purchase on Amazon.com. Now, let me tell you something. This book was a labor of love and it's coming from years of my experience building a ministry, struggling through ministry, making mistakes through ministry, and coming across other women who were called to ministry, but they felt afraid. They felt like they didn't know what to do next. They felt like they weren't qualified and they had similar struggles that I did when I was first getting started with ministry. And so if that's you, my sister, I created this book for you to help you to be bold, to be courageous, to answer the call because the world needs you and your ministry. And so I encourage you to pick up a copy of this book. It will bless you. It'll be a good starting point, a a great blueprint to get you going to your next level, whatever that may be. So I thank you in advance for getting a copy or two of this book at Amazon.com. So thank you so much for your support and I'll see you soon. The all or nothing ants thinking that 
things are either all good or all bad. The less than ants, where you compare and see yourself as less than others. Just the bad thing ants, seeing only the bad in a situation. Guilt beating ants, thinking in words like should, must, ought, or have to. Labeling ants, attaching a negative label to yourself or someone else. Fortune telling ants, predicting the worst possible outcome for a situation with little or no evidence for it. Mind reading ants, believing you know what other people are thinking even though they haven't told you. If only, and I'll be happy when ants, where you argue with the past and long for the future. Woo! This kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the if only, thinking about what we could have done in the past. We're arguing with the past when we hold on to these regrets. And the blaming ants, blaming someone else for your problems. Ooh, wee, he is talking to some of us right now. But it's sometimes necessary for us to be called not just out, but called up when someone brings these issues to our attention, because at that point, we still have agency. We can choose to make changes to better ourselves. So to help us to combat these ants, the author gives us some questions to ask ourselves. So the first question is, is it true? Sometimes the first question will stop the ant because you already know the thought is not true. Sometimes your answer will be, I don't know. Now, question two is, if you think it's true, is it absolutely true? Do you know this with 100% certainty? This often cracks the thought. And sometimes we have to do a little digging so we can say, mm, okay, maybe this negative thought is not true. So question three, how do I feel when I believe this thought? How do I act with this thought? What is the outcome of having this thought? Question number four, how would I feel and act? And what would be the outcome if I couldn't have this thought? And question number five, turn the thought around to its opposite. Then ask if the opposite of the thought is true or even truer than their original thought. So those are some tips that I believe the author put, and this again, this is Daniel Amen, put together to help us to really combat some of the automatic negative thinking that's really been impeding our progress, our healing, and our growth in life. You know, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine the other day, Kristen Anderson, and she was just describing how she's choosing to focus on the positive in her life right now, even though she's going through, you know, her fair share of challenges, life is life in just like it's life in over here for me. And she said, listen, it's like two sides of a coin. It's both sides are there, right? I have the positive side and I have the negative side, heads or tails being positive and negative. And I can list all the negative things and focus on that one side of the coin about the situation. Or on the flip side, I can focus on the positive things that are also there. And I think sometimes we can focus so intensely on the negative things that even though there are positive things there, we can't see them. And I'm not someone who's for toxic positivity or spiritual bypassing where we just go around and saying too blessed to be stressed, never acknowledging what's wrong because stuff is some stuff is jacked up and let's name it. 
But I do believe that there's balance. And I do believe that we need to be cautious around negative thinking and not being able to see both sides of the coin. So the next thing that we need to leave behind in 2023 is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can weigh us down so much. We can carry with us like baggage that is oversized in our lives. And for many of us, we have so much in our bags that we can't go anywhere. We feel stuck and it's hurting us and it's making it very difficult for us to engage in relationships, whether it's platonic or romantic relationships. And it's halting, it's stalling us in our healing process. And when it comes to forgiveness, one thing that I do recognize amongst everything that I'm about to say is that forgiveness is a process. It is in no way easy to do, but it is necessary. And I often say that it is a choice before we feel like it. We are not going to feel like forgiving someone who has harmed us. We are not going to feel like forgiving someone who has deeply wounded us. But here's the thing. If we live our life based on our feelings alone, that is going to lead to a very miserable life. And it's not a way in which we'll be able to move forward in the ways that God is leading us to. So we can't base everything we do off our feelings. Yes, our feelings do need to be explored. They cannot be ignored, but they cannot run our lives. And so when it comes to forgiveness, there are people who we have to choose to forgive not only for them, which, you know, God does call us to forgive, but also for us so that we can release them because that is us releasing our ability to seek revenge towards that person. It's also releasing that individual to God and saying, God, that's your child. I'm releasing this situation to you. I can't change what they did. I did not like what they did. And let me just clarify, forgiveness is not saying that what that person did, you think is okay or right. Sometimes what that person absolutely did was wrong. And forgiveness does not also, doesn't mean that that person doesn't receive consequences for their actions or they're not held accountable for their actions. But in some cases, that person might be dead and gone. Or there might be a situation where they might not be held accountable for what they did due to the fact that our justice system is not always just, or there's other dynamics at play. And so what I don't want you to fall victim to is believing that your ability to forgive is solely based on that individual apologizing because you might not ever get the apology that you deserve because again, they might be dead. They might not be around. They might not be mature enough in their walk to acknowledge what they did to you. But I don't want you to be stuck in the unforgiveness because that's hurting you. And so we have to find a way. If there's somebody who you're harboring resentment in your heart towards in 2023, don't take them with you into the new year. Release them. Release them and then release them again because sometimes there will be things that come up that re-stimulate you, that remind you of the situation because you're human. And when that happens, have grace on yourself because forgiveness is a process, but we don't want to continue to stew in it. 
We don't want to continue to replay in our mind how I'm going to get them back or what they did to me. I'll never be able to get past this. Well, if you continue to harbor that, then they're going to continue to have control over you in the right now, even though what they did was in the past. Hear me. I know it's not easy, but I am challenging you to continue to bring that before God, to continue to ask God to help you in this process, to progressively work towards forgiveness so that you can find freedom in the new year from whatever has happened to you in the past. So that was number three. Number four is we're leaving behind burying our voice. Ooh, this is an important one because some of us have lost our voice along the way. Some of us have never really embraced our full voice because of things that might have happened to us in childhood, things that might have been said to us from our parents or from uh, people who bullied us, or we worked in certain environments that weren't healthy or told us to hide our voice. Even in the church for many women, we have been told that we only have a voice in certain arenas, but we need to stay in our place. And so we are timid. We might feel like we don't have a place at the, at the table. And this type of thought is holding us back from really embracing how God wants to use us. And I'm telling you that this, this 2023 needs to be a time in which we leave that timidness behind we say, I'm not going to continue to hide my voice. This is the last year that I'm going to do this. I'm going to start speaking boldly in the new year because I have a story to share. I'm not going to allow people to control my narrative anymore. I'm going to fight for my needs. I'm not going to be controlled by fear and doubt. I'm not going to allow imposter syndrome to rule over me, believing that I am a fake or a fraud or I don't deserve to be in position here. Your voice matters. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. And I want you to know that when it comes to bearing your voice later for that. So we are called to be salt and light in this world. And when you're continuing to hide your light, you are doing the world a disservice. And so I am encouraging you to leave behind that timidness in 2023, because in 2024, it's time to be bold. Lastly, our running shoes. I want us to leave behind our running shoes. And for some of you, like, what are you talking about? Running is a good thing. I'm not talking about physical running. I'm talking about the emotional running that many of us are doing, running from our pain, try to make ourselves feel good through other means, such as maybe food, comfort food, sex, drinking, uh, alkylades, and things of that nature. But we're really hiding from doing the work, hiding from doing and running from doing the hard things, running from the challenges, running from necessary conflicts, because sometimes conflict is necessary. And that's something I am learning this year because I was a runner. But running doesn't allow for you to face the things that you need to face. We run from opportunities that we don't feel ready for. And so thinking about that and thinking about the things that we have been running from for too long, many of us might be running from a future that we desire and we don't even realize it because we're avoiding putting ourselves in certain situations because we're afraid of failure. So we don't try. We're running from things from our past that needs to be addressed in order for us to move forward. And that's a heavy one because some of us can't move forward until we deal with what we had happened in the past. 
we're running constantly from these giants. And when you think about what are the giants in your life? I was thinking back, especially around the Christmas season, I always reflect on my childhood. Christmas time and childhood in those younger years is just so exciting. You could barely go to sleep because you're just so thinking about like all the toys that you put on your Christmas list. Is Santa going to come and all those things? And for me and my little brother, one of the gifts that we really wanted as uh, children was a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo. And we would get up and got that Super Nintendo that year. And we were so excited to play the game. And you think about those games, boy, is technology has come a long way. But back then, that was the stuff. And when you were trying to advance from level to level, at the end of each level, if you will, there usually was like a monster or some type of giant that you had to fight, something that you had to do that was really hard in order for you to advance. And that's the thing. If you did not fight that giant or that monster in your game, then you weren't going to go to the next level. And for some of us, we would much rather just run away from the giant, but you you can't do that. You can't do that in real life and think that you're going to go to your next level. And so for us, I want you to think about what is the giant? What is the monster? What is the thing? Is it your past? Is it the future? Is it some of the things that you've been avoiding because you're afraid of failure? What is those giants in your life that you've been running from that you really need to face so that you can move past it, move through it so you can get to your next level. And so for us, I think we need to retire these running shoes in 2023 so we can get ready for the new. And that brings me to five points that I just want to briefly share with you to help us to welcome 2024. And this is my reflections. Maybe this is helpful for you. But for me, these are the things that I desire in this new year. First, a deeper level of intimacy with God. Now, full transparency, been in church for a good almost 20 years now. And, you know, I, I've had seasons in which when I, especially when I first got saved, ooh, I was on fire. I was saved, sanctified with the Holy Ghost on fire for Jesus. And, you know, there were seasons in which that kind of mellowed out and I was working at my church and kind of going through the motions because I was so burnt out and working, working. And then there were seasons when I went to seminary school and I went a little deeper in my walk. And sometimes it does ebb and flow, but I feel like in recent years, doing all this work in ministry, find yourself almost plateauing in your relationship and feeling like it's kind of the same old, same old. And I don't want the same old, same old when it comes to my relationship with God. I want to go deeper. I want to be able to feel not only the presence of God, but see him in the little things. And that takes work. That takes me no longer just penciling God in as something on my checklist, but I want to have that intimacy with him where God is walking with me in every area of my life, in my marriage, in my friendships, in how I engage ministry, you know, and for me, that's going to require doing some things differently. And For you, you might feel the same. You might feel like there are some things that you might need to do differently to go deeper in your spiritual walk, whether it's surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, who are 
believers who are going to challenge you, who are going to help you to nurture your relationship. You might be in a season where you need to transition and find a different church home because the church home that you've been at for 20, 30 years, you're no longer getting fed. Or maybe you just haven't been at church at all. Maybe that's something where you need to go back or find a church home. Uh, maybe for you, that is actually not only reading the word, but studying the word and meditating on the word. So whatever that is for you, I always think there's an opportunity to go deeper and God is calling us to that. And so what does that look like for you? I think another major goal for me in 2024 is loving hard and intentionally. When I think about all the people who we've lost over the last year, uh, and for for me, there's been people who have been dear in our church who passed away. And it was like, man, all of a sudden, what? You know, and they were pillars in the church and it was hurtful. And I've talked to many people who've lost friends. They've lost parents. They lost spouses. They lost people who were so close to them. And it's been very difficult. And for me, it's starting to put things in a whole new level of perspective because it just reminds you how fragile life is and that someone can be here with you one moment and gone the next. And we cannot continue to go through life taking people for granted who we love. And so my challenge to myself, my challenge to you is to love people hard. Take a moment when someone crosses your mind and you're you know driving or out and about on a walk or whatever and someone drops in your spirit they dropped in your spirit for a reason reach out to them they might need you in that moment they might be going through a crisis they might need to just know that they're thought about and they're loved so do what you can to not only say you love someone but to show that you love someone my next goal in 2024 is rediscovering what brings me joy. Somewhere along the way in my life, I became what I call boring. (laughs) I stopped having fun. I became so serious. And I mean, when I was in my early 20s, boy, I kicked it. I had such a good time. I love to go out to poetry sets. I love poetry. You know, I would go out to events and sightseeing and, and, and concerts and comedy shows and, you know, just enjoying life. And then when you start this adulting thing and life starts getting real and you got mortgages to pay and things to do and all these responsibilities, you can easily find yourself getting into this rut of just like, go to school, go to work, clean the house, do this, blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, it's Groundhog's Day every day. And for me, that was me for many years, still on a struggle bus when it comes to that. And I just feel like I'm missing out on so much when it comes to living a life where you do not have time to enjoy the fruits of your labor. You do not have time to enjoy, you know, the things that God gave us that are fun. You know, when's the last time you might have stopped and said, I'm going to go see my favorite movie. And I'm not just talking about Netflix and chilling, not knocking Netflix and chilling. That's cool. But get out the house, you know, (laughs) I know one of time for us in Chicago or in the Midwest or those cold cities, you might not want to go anywhere. And I understand that. But what I am saying is, what can you do that's fun? How can you rediscover the things that you forgot about that you enjoy doing? Maybe that's nature. Maybe that is poetry. Maybe that is concerts. Maybe that is comedy. Maybe that is um, doing art. You know, I used to go to like a, a wine and art type 
little event where we would sip on wine and then paint and my little paintings be so bootleg, but it was fun, right? And so what are those things for you that you can do to rediscover what brings you joy, what fills your cup, especially if you're someone who's constantly pouring out to other people, you need to be poured into as well. Next, my next goal is not living my life for the someday. You heard me talk about that earlier when I was reading a, a segment from the book about living life for the someday or when this time comes. And that's like, that's kind of a setup because who's to say life is not promised. We we only have right now for sure. And even if we walk outside this door, something can happen to us. So life is not promised. And so living for the someday saying that, Someday I will be able to rest. Someday when I reach this arbitrary number, I'll be able to go on vacation or be able to see this individual or spend time with them. That someday is is now possibly for you because we can't say for sure we'll get to that time at a later date. And so I'm just encouraging you to really think about What have you been putting off for too long, especially the things of value and, you know, value is different to everybody, but the people in your life who you value, maybe instead of saying someday I'm going to go visit them, visit them as soon as possible and not putting it off or someday I'm going to write that book. Well, you've been saying someday for the last 10 years. Okay. So let's move that up. If, if that's something that is a heart's desire that God has been putting on your heart, let's stop waiting. What is that someday for you? And let's not continue to live in the someday, but let's start living for the now. Lastly, my, my prayer is that God helps me in this area because I struggle with this, is being present in the moment. I have struggled for many years with overthinking the past or thinking about the future and the goals that I have. And the crazy thing about that is there's been times I work so hard to reach a goal. Once I reach the goal, I don't even take time to celebrate it because I'm on to the next goal. And it's, you think about it, like many of us, we can accomplish some great things in our lives, but because we're so caught up on performance or the being so goal oriented that we're just checking things off the list that we don't slow down to just smell the roses as they say and say, God, I thank you for this moment. I'm so grateful for this moment. This is something where I worked really hard for this. I'm going to experience it in its totality, right? And that's difficult for many of us. It's difficult for me. And so for for me, one of the things that I want to really work on and welcome in 2024 is living for the moment. When I'm at work, I'm at work. I'm not on social media. I'm not thinking about what happened before I started work. You know, if I got into an argument with someone or someone did something to me or I don't like to No, what am I doing in this moment? Can I be present right here? And same thing in terms of when I'm off work, I'm not over here checking email 24-7, working you know, when I'm supposed to be enjoying time with my husband or at church, you know, and these are habits that I think many of us develop over time where we think that we are good multitaskers, but what we are doing is perpetually having a difficult time being present with one thing. 
And so for me, my goal is to really work on becoming someone who is present. If I'm with you, I'm with you in that moment in its entirety. I'm feeling and experiencing everything there is to feel in that moment. Have I gotten there? No, but will, will I get there? Yes. I believe with intentionality with every goal that you have, whether it's the goals that I've shared or those personal things that you know you need to work on, it is possible for you. And so I hope that my reflection of goodbye to 2023 and welcoming 2024 was helpful for you in this episode. And if it was, do me a favor and first share this with a friend because people do need to hear this. And secondly, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because those reviews absolutely, first of all, they warm my heart but they also help us to get more exposure so that we can reach more people. And so that's one of the best ways you can say thanks is by taking two minutes. It just really just takes two minutes to go down and leave a review. There's a link in the show notes for you to do that. And it would mean so much to me. Also, I just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening week after week. I do this for you because I care about you. I appreciate you. I want to pour into your life. And it's a blessing for me to be able to do this, to know that there are people who are journeying with me as I share God's word, as we connect with people who are so transparent about their healing journey. It's been a wonderful year of episodes that we've recorded, and I'm looking Forward to the new year as we continue to grow our faith on this journey of life. And so thank you so much for tuning into today's special episode of Faith on the Journey. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. And I look forward to seeing you and talking with you in the new year. So that's it, family. You take care. And until next time, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon, family. <laughs>